I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, good morning. Welcome into the show. It is great to be back on the air. Took the last couple days off, Monday, yesterday, and last Friday. Back in time, though, for the All-Star Game festivities tonight, which we're going to celebrate with a takedown of Major League Baseball because we focus on positivity here. Tom DeCelestino is hanging out. Uh, Andrew Bogish, and I checked. Sources tell me he still works on the show. Uh, missed, I don't know, some kind of flight issue. Apparently there's flight problems everywhere. It is the travel season from hell, so Peter Schwartz is stepping in and helping out. He'll be on headlines. Tom DeCelestino is here, and together we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it. Rocket can. There are certain things that are markers along the way to get into an age you never expected. You know, for example, the first time I lost a drinking contest was a little was a little difficult. I play a lot of tennis. The first time I lost to a 12-year-old in tennis, that was a... Uh, that was a little, a, little, a little shocking. Somebody that was born, you know, in the last decade or, or so. Watching an octogenarian uh, be gifted a, an opening round home run derby victory. That was, that's Albert Pujols yesterday. And now I took off yesterday because it was my daughter's 13th birthday. Diesel, I have a teenager now, bro. And I just, good morning, by the way. Haven't seen you in a few days. You good? Everything, you got you hold the, the fort down here without me? Good morning, Bill. Uh, I tried my best. And uh, yes, you have a teenager yeah. now. And I don't, I, I, I can't even imagine what that feels like. Great kid, sweet kid. We got really lucky. Um, let me just give you some advice, though. The old, it, if, it, you know, you blink and it happens. Just enjoy all the moments with Will. Just enjoy all of them. Because it's such a cliche. It's such a cliche. But my little girl's just a you know a young lady now, and it absolutely it's absolutely crazy. It's crazy, but it's good to be back. I missed you guys. Got a lot coming up on the show. Uh, C.J. Nikowski is a former pitcher, major leaguer, who I worked with when we overlapped and coincided at Fox Sports One. I'm a huge fan. I love C.J., but we can't get him on the show very often because he does broadcasting for what the Rangers. I should know this, D. Self for the Rangers every day. 
And the only time a year during the baseball season we can have him on is when he doesn't have duties, and that is the All-Star game. So where most of these guys just take the time off, CJ, because he's a buddy and a great guy, agrees to make some time. So I'm, I'm extra excited for that interview an hour from now, just because we never get to talk to CJ. We've got a buy or sell that is cram-packed full of really, really good stuff. Uh, a story happened over the weekend, and, and probably, I'm sure Jody Mack discussed it yesterday. Jody filled in. Thank you. Great job. I want to hit a little bit, though. It was from um, Chris Haynes, excellent national NBA reporter, who sat down with James Harden. And it just and I've been hard on Harden before. I've, I've pointed out, I think accurately, that his... His workout regimen of, of all donuts all the time probably wasn't the right approach. That he has been a historically bad and significantly pressure-packed moments. Has never made a finals, etc., etc. But he did something with the Sixers that is rare. It's not as interesting as making fun of guys. It's not as galling as what other people have done. He's the anti-Kyrie. And we're going to take a little time to talk about it in about 30 or 40 minutes, along with a fake friendship story out of the Los Angeles Lakers. How do you know that you're not really friends when you're all in the same place, but you decide to hang out on FaceTime? That's a pretty good sign, LeBron and Westbrook. I don't know where AD was, but whatever. They were all at, at Summer League. We'll get into the Pac-12 and the Big 12 agreeing to no partnership, also known as the SEC wins again, and their commissioner was doing a little bit of a little bit of an arrogant walk, right? You know that guy that just sort of like walks around like he owns the world? Uh, that was the commissioner of the SEC over the start of Greg Sankey, over the start of uh, SEC Media Days. But I want to start here. And it's not the most positive thing in the world, but I'm not going to come out and lie to you. At 855-212-4CBS, if you want to um, give us a call. Let me preempt my, my take here on baseball. I'm going to give you the actual takeaway here in like 20 seconds. Let me just preempt it with a lot of times, colleagues, bosses sometimes, people in general, definitely my wife, people in my life, get, why can't you be more positive? I'm a very positive guy. I'm all about positivity in the world. I really am. But I'm also not going to pretend something is the opposite of what it is because it's circumstances. Let me tell you why. When I was a young newspaper reporter, young person, I thought I was young. I guess I was young at the time, 1920. I worked at the Chicago Tribune newspaper, especially when that was a big deal as an intern, and they made you write obituaries every day on top of your other duties. And it was a pretty important obligation. They would assign these long, almost feature story obits, and they're almost always friends of people that worked at the paper, and if you got anything wrong, you would be, what's the word I'm looking for, fired, or at least they pretended you'd be fired, they'd crush your soul. But one of the things that I noticed in doing them is that when people that were important passed away, many of the people that were newsworthy were newsworthy for reasons that were not positive. And some of my fellow interns would write these glowing obituaries of people that weren't particularly glowing human beings. And it just imprinted on me you don't suddenly become Mother Teresa if you're Scrooge the minute you pass to the netherworld. You just, you just don't. Just because it's the end of something or a transition doesn't change the reality. And, and, and I'll take that from the seriousness of, you know, the end of life issues and, and people passing on to the great beyond or whatever's going on there to, to just stuff that's still happening here on, on beautiful Mother Earth, whether we're in a simulation or not. I don't think we are. I'm in non-simulation mode today. And I say all that to say this. The All-Star Game is a showcase for a broken sport. It's not a celebration of America's pastime. It's not a beautiful moment. Those of you that watched knew you didn't really want to, many of you. And I'm not saying baseball in local markets is broken. You're a Yankees fan. You're into it. You're a Dodgers fan. I texted a Dodgers fan this morning. I'm like, what did, this, is, this is a perfect example. What did you think, I texted my buddy, of the All-Star game It's in your city? He goes, oh, it's pretty cool seeing future Dodger Juan Soto hit, uh, you know, win the uh, home run derby. I'm like, oh, wait. Would you have been into it if 
If he wasn't going to be, if he didn't be a Dodger, nah, man, I don't really care. But he's going to be a Dodger. It was pretty cool to watch him hit home runs at his future park. The All-Star Game is a showcase for a broken sport. It doesn't work as a national sport, as a relevant sport outside of its individual markets. And by the way, this isn't a shot at soccer. Um, I don't even know the name of the team. But the team that plays in Portland, Oregon, the Major League Soccer team in Portland, Oregon, is wildly popular. They sell out soccer games. The team in Kansas City, Missouri, I think it's FC Kansas City, don't know, don't care, should know, used to live there, is incredibly popular. Does that make soccer a national pastime? Does that make MLS a thriving sport on a national scale? Of course not. Individual success stories in certain markets don't make it a success. The NFL is a success because it matters every level, every day when it's going on. And last night's Home Run Derby and tonight's All-Star Game are going to showcase a sport that has given up its hold on America. It's not a celebration of the sport. It's a celebration of a broken sport. Take Soto's Home Run Derby win. Happens in the same news cycle where this dude turns down 15 years and $440 million from the Nationals. And it highlights the problem with baseball. Maybe, and it's a maybe. I don't even think Tom watched it last night. I didn't. I don't watch the Home Run Derby, and I probably should have. Maybe, maybe a couple nights a year, you and I and D-Sell and some other folks out there are going to watch Juan Soto during an event that doesn't matter. But we don't watch him night in, night out, unless we're Nationals fans, because baseball doesn't matter outside of our markets. And it got me to thinking about the fact, and Shohei Otani is another example of this, Juan Soto is the best player in the National League. You put him on a contender. The guy's an MVP. He's a future star. He's a current star. He's a young dude. He's exciting. He's dynamic. He does it all. He's got charisma. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. He just turned down half a billion dollars because he's at a team that's won, what, 31 games? 31 and 63 is where the Nationals sit. And you look to the American League side of things. Tonight, Shohei Otani is going to play, and he's probably going to pitch as well. So he's going to be a two-way player again in the All-Star game. And he is, by the way, Shohei Otani, the odds-on favorite in Vegas to be the MVP of this game. He's probably going to be the guy, and there's a lot of people that can do it. It's an all-star game. There's all, you know, it's all-stars other than Albert Pujols. We'll get into that in a second. And Shohei Otani plays for a team in the Angels that are 39-53, and 53, aren't anywhere near competition. And remember, Shohei Otani has actually taken the baton of the most fascinating baseball player in the sport, generational talent from teammate Mike Trout. And Mike Trout in passing on that baton of greatness on a different level, just by coincidence of where they play, is also able to pass on a little bit of a different kind of a baton to, to Shohei. And that is what it is to be that great on a team that does not matter. Mike Trout, in his career, as you probably know, has made the playoffs a single time with the Angels. And how many games did they win? How many games has Mike Trout won in his illustrious, maybe top 20 in the history of Major League Baseball career? Mike Trout has won... Not a single playoff game. They got swept in that series. They got swept the one time that he played. Now think about this. And this is part of the problem with baseball. And some of it's that we've changed as consumers. You cannot have a top three or four or five player in the National Football League, and that's a quarterback, right, and not have a relevant team. It's just not possible, especially year after year after year after year. And the proof of this is, is easy. It's Tom Brady. The Bucks are, what, seven and nine they have Jameis Winston as their quarterback. They're not particularly good. They're not particularly interesting. They're near 500. Winston throws 321 picks that year. Tom Brady comes in the next season, they win a Super Bowl. And we know the same is true in the NBA. If you have Giannis, 
If you have LeBron when he was at the height of his powers, he's not anymore. If you have any of these guys, Joel Embiid, you may not win the whole thing, but you're going to be relevant. Your team's going to matter. Your fans are going to believe you have a chance. And that's one of baseball's biggest problems. In 2022, you can't have two of the most exciting, dynamic players in the sport. The so-called showcase guys of this so far all-star game activities. Juan Soto wins the home run derby. Who cares? Let's pretend we do. And and Shohei Otani, who's going to maybe do some magical things tonight that represent every night what he's doing. And they play for teams that don't matter. We like to pretend as fans, most fans, that we, I I want team sports. I I, want to focus. No, you don't. No, you don't. Or you'd be watching more baseball. What you want are superstars who are supported by a team. If team sports mattered, baseball would be more interesting and more important, but the nature of the sport is that one guy just can't impact the sport the way that they can in the NFL and the NBA. We don't want teams. We want stars. Now, there's other things that play into the problem for for Major League Baseball. There's no parity. The ability for Tom Brady to go and flip a seven-win team to a Super Bowl-win team is built into the structure of the National Football League. And the NBA is getting to the exact same place, and obviously the NBA has 16 teams, more if you want to include the play, and that go to the playoffs. They give the the idea under the guise of competitiveness. But the fact is that the All-Star game doesn't matter, and it's not significant, and it's not interesting. And, and Major League Baseball has made that very clear and just the things they have to do, the tricks they have to play in order to get you to pay attention. If Major League Baseball were in a good place, the All-Star game, which has been around for decades and decades and decades, wouldn't have these seismic changes. Yesterday, a guy that's not an All-Star, I know it's been a pet peeve of mine, you heard me rail about it here on the show, Cell likes to push the bill rider Albert Pujols isn't an All-Star, but is in the home run derby button, and just like the old Energizer Bunny watched me go in just a rage fit in a circle, but more than a couple publications today suggested that Kyle Schwarber, who's got, what, 30, 29 home runs at this point of the season, let Pujols win the opening round out of respect. And everyone around Pujols and give him his respect. It looked like, we've talked about, it looked like a a Hall of Fame induction, not an All-Star game. They've got to include a guy who's not good enough to be in the All-Star game to make the All-Star game interesting. And then tonight, they've announced, and I think Jeff Passan's the guy that broke the news, which is a really breaking news when you just break a travesty for a sport that's clawing fruitlessly with great futility and any kind of meaning, if the game goes to extra innings today. Now think about this, extra innings. That's supposed to be bonus. When the NFL goes to overtime, are you turning away? You're like, oh my God, this is no, this is amazing. Remember Mahomes, Brady, Arrowhead, AFC Championship game a few years ago? You know what we were interested in that then? The overtime. We're like, well, they went to overtime. Maybe we should, I don't flip a coin to see who, who wins the game. Let's do a field goal kicking competition. Or, or, or in the NBA, we had so many overtime games this year, they're exciting. What happens when Major League Baseball's showcase event goes to extra innings? People yawn. Like, oh, God, do I have to watch more of this stupid sport and pretend that I care? And I say there's a guy that loves the sport. Don't ask me. Ask Major League Baseball. They announced today through Jeff Passan that if it goes to extra innings, they're going to have – I don't think I understand this. They're going to have three guys from the American League and three guys from the National League each get one swing to try to hit a home run in some kind of home run derby? The All-Star Game is a showcase for a broken sport. It's not interesting enough to stand on its own merits. It's so out of what American consumers, sports fans want. They have to make sure that they shorten up anything that would provide more of the content that people are trying to pretend that they like. Watching baseball now, outside of your team, like I watch Cubs games, Tom probably watches Mets games, Yankees fans watch Yankees games, I get it. But trying to consume a baseball game that doesn't involve your team, 
or in the All-Star Games case, and, you know, it doesn't really matter if one guy from your team's on there, but you don't really care, is like going to your aunt's house where you know you have to eat the food because she tells you she's an amazing cook, but actually it just tastes disgusting and like ash, and you just, you try to get it down, and then she says, I've got a bonus entree, and you're like, you know what we're going to do instead, Aunt, aunt Ellie? We're gonna we're gonna do a home run to everything. I don't even know what that means, but we're just gonna we're gonna go play wiffle ball in the backyard instead of doing that. Major League Baseball doesn't work. It's not relevant the way that it should. Instead of focus on Albert Pujols being celebrated and all these all these extra things we're gonna do, we'll do a, a make believe made up last minute home run derby to settle who actually wins the All Star game. Maybe baseball should fix its sport. Maybe they should get to a point where it's actually relevant. And I'm supposed to sit here and come on the show. There's two options in radio, really, on a day like this. You can either come on and be like, baseball's, yeah, the All-Star game, it's so great. Let's talk about it. When I promise you, almost no host cares. And the only ones that do on a national radio show care about their specific team. It becomes a Mets topic. It becomes a Yankees topic. It becomes a, a Philly or Dodgers topic. Or you just find something else. You know, we really want to talk about MLB All-Star game, but instead we're going to talk about the Pac-12. And we'll just 30 seconds of baseball. Because even hosts don't care. It's not interesting. And the fact that the most interesting storylines today, right now, are last night's home run derby win by Juan Soto and what Shohei Otani might do in a few hours later tonight, and the fact that neither of those guys have or do play on relevant teams, that neither of those guys are in places that matter, is a huge part of baseball's problem. The all-star festivities are a showcase for a broken sport, and I'm not going to pretend otherwise, like my colleagues did at the Chicago Tribune in 2000, When some guy that polluted a whole area died, and we had to pretend he was a really great dad. Nobody cares. The wetlands are dying because of this dude. 855-212-4CBS is the phone number. Call. You can yell at me. You can tell me how great baseball is. We'll get details taken in a second. And I do want to get into the news on the Pac-12 and the Big 12 when we come back next year on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Welcome, uh, welcome back into the show. Happy Tuesday. What makes AutoZone America's number one battery destination? Because they offer free battery testing and charging and reliable replacement batteries and they've always got your battery solution get in the zone auto zone diesel how much of the all-star game are you going to watch tonight how much of, of major league baseball showcase event are you going to watch this fine evening 
in totality, say this goes nine innings and we don't get that crazy home run derby to determine a winner. Out of nine innings, I'll say two and a half. Two and a half innings. Two and a half innings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch. I'll probably, probably watch a little bit more of it, but I, I, I may not. I, I, Shohei Otani I find captivating on the level I found Conor McGregor captivating. On the level I found Tiger Woods captivating. And I, I like, like golf. I, I wouldn't say that I love golf. I can watch. Messi is the same thing. You show me a live or, or even just old game, competition, sport, whatever it may be, with McGregor, Tiger Woods, Messi, I'm in. And the same is true for Shohei Otani. I don't think there's been a ball player that's been true of for me Maybe in my lifetime. Not not at this level. Ken Griffey Jr. sort of comes to mind. And there are certain, like, mad bum in the postseason in that run where the Giants won, what was it, three World Series, I think, in six seasons, comes to mind. And Mariano Rivera, in, in so under the lights of October, especially at Yankee Stadium, comes to mind. I mean, they're on the list, but not at the level of just how I am captivated by Shohei Otani in a way that far goes beyond the actual sport. I like MMA. I don't follow it like I used to. I used to cover it, so I got into it. I, I got to know Dana White before he became really, really successful. He was an interesting character. But Conor McGregor was just, for me, I, and I went to a bunch of those matches, was just was just mesmerizing. So I'll watch some of Shohei from that, but I don't find the event to be particularly interesting or, or meaningful. It's about creating content you can't turn away from. And the other thing, the other problem baseball has, and I, it probably sounds like if you're a casual listener and if you are listening, thank you, appreciate you, whether you've been here a long time or just joined, that I'm a baseball hater. I actually am the opposite. I love baseball. I'm actually someone who's railing against the dip in relevance for the sport. Baseball just doesn't matter anymore outside of the local markets, and it does matter, by the way. It does matter in, in local in local markets. I, I brought up as a as a comparison the soccer team in Portland, and, and, and Skipper Tim Page tweeted at us at Sportswriter Sports, R-E-I-T-E-R, that the Portland soccer team is the Timbers. All right, cool. So, like, that's supposed to be an incredible event. I was in Portland once. My, my wife and kids and I go on vacation there sometimes. We went by some random venue, some, like, random, looked like, like a minor league baseball park. It was beautiful, and it was just, there were people everywhere. Every, I, I turned to a person on the street said, oh, what's, what's going on? Oh, it's, it's, you know, the Timbers, all right. I go, cool, cool, cool. You think I can get tickets? And they just laughed in my face. And Kansas City, where my kids were born, I worked at the Kansas City Stars, a huge soccer community. And I could point to some other places, D-Cell, that have, like, like they sell out their soccer matches. They're incredible. That's great. That's great. That doesn't make MLS soccer relevant on the level. I'm not saying it's a failure. I'm just saying it doesn't make it relevant on the level of, say, what Major League Baseball was 20 or 30 years ago. And I think there's a strong argument. I'd probably make it that, in fact, I will make it. I think soccer's in a much healthier long-term position than baseball is. Like, I watch, I watch baseball because I watch it. My kids aren't interested in it. And now there are a lot of baseball fans in L.A. because the Dodgers are there. But when I was in Kansas City for years, people just didn't care because the Royals were not very good. And I just, I wish baseball would stop treating the sport like a piggy bank that all the executives just pull from, right? Because... All these guys, Robert Manfred is going to get his money. All these folks are, are going to get their money. But I don't think baseball's long-term health is in particularly good shape. And I'm not going to pretend for a couple days when all the other sports shut down and Albert Pujols gets rolled in in his wheelchair to hit home runs that, every, that baseball is just dynamic and amazing. It's not. 
until you are a sports producer, D-Sale, you don't watch baseball games outside of your market. I don't know anybody, even Stuart Kovacs, who just walked in behind you and was looking for his little black book that he dropped or something. Like, that guy watches sports all the time. He doesn't watch games that aren't, that aren't Yankees. He's a Yankees fan, right? He doesn't watch games that aren't Yankees games. I don't watch games that aren't Dodgers or Cubs games. It's not that the sport doesn't, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't, even for, even for diehard sports fans, it, it, it's not a pull. It's not important to watch if it's not your team. Am I, am I wrong? It doesn't translate to the national stage like the NFL, like the NBA, like college football. Gospel. It just yeah. doesn't. Even, you know, we're seeing all this conference alignment rumors and talk. I'll watch Pac-12 games. I'll watch Big Ten games. Yep. I, I mean, I'm a fan of a team in the ACC. I don't care. I will watch teams out of market. Baseball does not translate that way. It just doesn't. Michigan-Ohio State is must-watch for me. USC, UCLA, even when they're bad, and I live in L.A., is a little different, but I'm not a fan of those teams, is much-watch for me. I'm, of course I'm going to watch Alabama-Auburn. And that, that, I mean, I like Nick Saban, and I've been to Auburn, and I had a great experience writing a story there, but I have no connection to the, those cities. I mean, it's and, – and, and by the way, it's part of baseball's problem, some of the things that I brought up. The NFL has become even more ensconced as the dominant sport. That's one. There's a rise of other sports that are really that either didn't matter in America or didn't exist really. MMA, soccer are great examples. We only have so much time. We only have so much money. They can invent a thousand amazing sports. We're not we're not all going to watch all of them just because we're sports fans. I mean, look at Netflix. Apparently, there's amazing shows in there that I've ne- that you've never even seen. Diesel's never seen any of them, so it's sort of bad. You got a blank stare. It's okay. Don't worry about it. And then, like, college football is a great example. It becomes more and more of a moneymaker and more and more of a year-round. The other thing, sports become year-round sports. So people are consuming content from their sports year-round. I know this because I'm supposed to, in theory, be creating NBA content year-round for CBSSports.com. Baseball gets to squeeze. But the thing about baseball is they have the summer to themselves. I mean, they have the entirety of the summer to themselves, a huge stretch when they are the only sport and a stretch when almost the entire season is no NFL, when baseball. There's very little overlap, and they still can't, they still can't make it work. It's, it is so absolutely infuriating to me. And I love the game, and I love the sport. And, and I always have people argue with me, right? I'll have, like, you know, update anchors and hosts and people in the office. I, I love baseball. But if you get into the weeds of these guys, right? You say to a guy like, "Okay, what's your favorite team?" I'm a I'm a Phillies fan. I'm a I'm a Phillies fan. They will not have watched a non-Philly. Many of these guys will not will have watched maybe two or three non-local team games over the course of the last year. All right, I want to. And by the way, one of the sports you mentioned, the SEC, like bubbling up, taking over conference realignment. Uh, some bad news for the survivability of some of the conferences out there. The Pac-12 and the Big 12 have come to a conclusion that they're not going to partner. And in a lot of ways, this is like an uneasy merger. Everybody wants to know where they're going to land. Everybody wants to be in control. Everybody wants to have power. The problem is that the remaining Big 12 schools and the remaining Pac-12 schools aren't interesting enough when you put them together, even if you make a, a mega conference, to captivate enough of an audience and to bring enough revenue forward to survive without Oklahoma and without Texas, which are exiting huge problem for the big 12. And even though it's a new story and we've talked about it a lot without USC and UCLA, the PAC 12 is in so much trouble because it's not just about the product on the field. That obviously is significant. Obviously you want to take teams that are successful and that win and that are important, 
but the market share that you can command, the, the, the actual amount of eyeballs that you can pull in is really, really important. Los Angeles is a major market. Austin, Texas is a major and growing market in America. Now, now Norman, Oklahoma is not, but it, it's fine. They'll take it. If not the rivalry, it'll work. What's left behind is just a reminder that the SEC has already won. I think the Big Ten has probably protected itself enough to survive in competition with or maybe some union with the SEC. It wouldn't shock me at all, D-Cell, if in five years, I was going to say ten, but maybe it's three to five years, if the national champion is decided by the SEC and the Big Ten, each sending in their own sort of designation two teams to an SEC Big Ten playoff. And, and that's it. Because once you do that, then every other team that wants to be involved, Clemson or whoever, Notre Dame, who will be in the Big Ten, I think eventually, just make a run for it. And is anybody really going to stop watching college football? If Oregon doesn't have a chance, no, because Oregon never has a chance anyway. Or if Florida State doesn't get her fair shot, no, ab- abs- absolutely not. Nobody cares. Nobody cares outside of those markets. It actually takes on a little bit of the route of baseball. If you're left on the outside looking in, if you don't have a path forward to relevance and championships, it just strangles your particular market. But the sport will move on. It'll make money. It'll be fine. It'll do well. And you pointed this out to me. You thought the SEC commissioner was. Um, you found him a little arrogant, but not in a bad way. Was that the, the general the general read? Yeah, you're the one who taught me this. A little arrogance goes a long way. It's not necessarily a bad thing. I think uh, Greg Sankey sounded like he knows that the SEC right now is college football. They are the epicenter of college football, and they know it. They absolutely know it, and he sounded arrogant. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for college football. I agree. And by the way, he can, he can walk around like he owns the sport because he owns the sport. The only surprising thing to me over the last five or six or seven weeks in college football is how deftly the Big Ten moved secure future. But, again, this is why it's not about academics and it's not about institutions and it's not about any kind of tradition and can throw out all that garbage that they've thrown away. It's about money. The only way you survive in college football is by taking something from someone else that they needed to survive. It is a Cormac McCarthy novel. It is a dystopian Game of Thrones sports story. By taking USC and UCLA, it is as significant to the Big Ten survival as it is detrimental to the Pac-12 survival. And the fact that the news of the day or one of the news of the day tidbits is the Pac-12 and the Big 12 aren't going to pair up is interesting and it's noteworthy and that's why we're talking about it now, but it's not surprising. They don't have what it takes to survive. Had the Pac-12 and the Big 12, and this, the kind of foresight I'm about to suggest isn't easy, but had they had the foresight, had they, had they gotten to a time machine, do you believe in time travel, Tom? Is time travel ever going to be possible? This is going to really surprise you here. Uh, I do not believe in time travel. Okay, got it. Because um, you know if time travel is theoretically possible, then almost certainly it's occurring backwards because that means eventually there's time machines and they might come back and say, what's up? Maybe those things are going out of the water time travel. Anyway. Let's just say time travel were possible today. You could the, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 a year or two or three ago could have gotten in the little time machine, right, those little spinning things off the coast of San Diego, come out of the water, kind of whipped around, got on the Internet, been like, whoa, look at college football. This is crazy. Come back in the water and come back to, you know, 2017 or 2018. Had they joined forces then, had they done something that was shocking 
and 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 maybe appalling. And now we're going to have 20-plus team conference of some crazy partnership, and we're bound. And you had Oklahoma, and you had Texas, and you had USC, and you had UCLA, and you had everyone else. Maybe they survived. But it's over now. The foundations, the, 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 the keystones, the cornerstones have been taken. No USC, no UCLA, no Pac-12 of any kind of significance. I mean, you, you can have a Pac-12, but no one's going to care. And if we, we're not going to have Power 5 conferences, but let's just say for the sake of argument we did in 10 years, the Pac-12 ain't going to be one of them. It's just, it's just not. And it's not fair. It, it's just the reality. And, and if I can just circle back to the theme of the show, baseball is a perfect example. It's like a zombie. It's a zombie event tonight. You can, go, you can have your All-Star game, you can, but baseball does not command the kind of attention that it needs nationally to compete against a bunch of other sports. In this order, the NFL, college, football, the NBA, and, and there's other sports that are rising. Just because you pretend everything's fine doesn't mean it is. And just because the Pac-12 limps along and calls itself the Pac-12 four or five years from now doesn't mean that it's going to work. And I promise you, those few schools that can just throw massive money, think Nike, Phil Knight, Oregon, and find a way somewhere else just by, by, because they have, they have the money to do it and pull all the strings, they're not going to stick with the Pac-12. It is rats leaving a ship. All right, positive. it's a positive Tuesday. It's a positive Tuesday. 855-212-4CBS if you want to give us a call. You know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, not only am I going to do positivity, at the start of the show, we have a little montage of me saying a bunch of stuff. What is it? We'll admit we're wrong here or something. I was wrong on James Harden. The guy might might end up being a winner on a level I never thought possible. And I'm going to tell you why after this CBS Sports Radio update from Peter Schwartz. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back into the show. 
Bill Ryder with you. Tom DeCelestino. Happy summertime. Happy summertime. I know you've got, you have a four-day weekend coming up next week, as do I. Any amazing, are you guys going to get on a plane, go to Europe? You're going to get on a boat, sail, you know, down the coast, the East Coast, going to head to L.A., maybe check out the Midwest. What's the big adventure you got going on? All great options that you mentioned there. While we considered all of those very strongly, okay. you know me, I'm very unpredictable. You are. Me and my family, we're going to go to the Jersey Shore. We are going to stay in our home state. How now? How does the kiddo at one like the? Are, are you at the I eat sand and now I'm angry stage? Is it more you take him down to the water for 13 seconds, or is he is he kind of digging digging it? Is he getting the water? Or is he does he splash around? Uh, well, we started more and more with the pool. So okay. the first time we took him to the ocean, it was more what you said about the 13 seconds. Hey, this looks cool. Now I'm crying. I want to get out. Uh, but I'm hoping by going in the pool more and more that he'll be uh, more open to the ocean. How how are you as a swimmer? I would say solid, not above solid. average. I would okay. say solid. I'm like a very poor swimmer. I can swim. I can keep my head above water. But if you drop me a 1,000 yards from shore Manhattan Beach, it's a coin flip if I'm going to make it or not. <laughs> okay. It'll be fully based on panic. It'll just be based on I can back float, though. I can rock that back float game. Okay. Okay. Now, if you if you were to go in the ocean, are you like are you like boogie board? Are you playing like water games, or are you just chilling? So, we were on vacation a little bit last week, and we went in the water, and we we took a boat out, and we had, it had a giant slide on it, and it's one of those paddle not a paddle boat, you like you whatever you use bike, maybe it's a paddle boat. I don't know what it's called. And I like you know the water was twenty feet deep, and I was swimming in it, no current, it's fine. Then they started like take the, the boat away. I'm like, hold on, guys, like just wait for me. I'm not a great swimmer. I would have been fine, but it was like, let's just let's keep the boat nearby. One of the people in the boat was swimming to and from shore. That ain't that ain't me. Um, I've done the paddleboard and went paddleboarding once with my neighbor Ian, and he promised he wouldn't leave me because I'm not a great swimmer. And then a pot of dolphins arrived in Manhattan Beach, and I mean, I mean, like thirty. It might have been twenty. I, Ten. I don't. Dolphins everywhere. They're going under my board. I guess playing with me, and I fell in, just freaked out. It's hard to balance out there. And I, I fell into the water. I would join you in freaking out with that. That well, that would freak me out. They're huge. Dolphins are enormous. They're huge. And I like, again, like I can come up and I'm fine. I've got a little, I'm tethered to my, to my stand-up paddle. But if, the, but if the paddle got away from me, I would not be okay. If my tether came off and, it, and I couldn't get to it, which I probably could, but if I didn't, I'm not making it back to shore. And I look up, and Ian's like, sorry, buddy, once-in-a-lifetime dolphin pod. It's just like he's just on his pad, paddle, you know, paddling with the dolphins. And I'm in the water bobbing, like, feeling things swim around me. It's a good friend. <laughs> Great friend. We've been out exactly zero more times <laughs> on, the ocean, on the ocean together. Yeah, those dolphins are big, man. They, like, I was I, I, I actually trying to think of what to say it was like, and I almost made a, a James Harden donut joke. But I won't because I actually want to praise the guy. Uh, I, I, um, I like James Harden. I've, I've met James Harden. I like him. He's a good player. But to quote Clint Eastwood in Unforgiven, or to misquote, he says fair. Like has nothing to do with it. You've seen Unforgiven, right? You love that movie. Uh, sure. Big fan of that movie. Like has nothing to do with it. If you miss 131 consecutive three-point shots in a game, if you turn into a jello mold of yourself when the big moments occur 
if you are one of the great scorers in the history of the sport in the regular season for a pretty serious stretch that brings you an MVP, and you are one of the great cowards in postseasons that that regular season earns, cowards a little strong. That was a little unfair. But I actually don't think it is unfair. Actually, I think it's the right term. It's just harsh. You're going to get criticized. But he did something that we've talked about that then he spoke to that I want to give him some praise for. And it has me reconsidering and thinking about I think I mentioned this to one of our guests last week. I'm starting to wonder if I might be team James Harden this year. And I might start to believe because selflessness and the willing to give up from a star money or glory or you know the, the things that we cling to for our self-confidence in the service of the team can make the team so much better. And that's it. There's a great example from from Steph Curry, and we've talked about his selflessness in a different way, like old school back in the day. Michael Jordan, Jordan didn't give up money. He did punch teammates in the face. But one of the things the Last Dance reinforced is that Jordan understood his power, right? Like any next level celebrity, Jordan understood that his time, his presence, his stare, his look, his attention had power. And he would get the guys together. He'd work out with some of the guys on his team. He'd take them to his house. They'd golf together. He'd gamble with these guys. And that was about, I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but that level of stardom it is about giving something. And what, and what was given by James Harden was money. And this is a quote to, um, to Chris Haynes, who's an excellent reporter for Yahoo Sports. Here's James Harden to, to Haynes. Quote, I had conversations with Daryl, that's Daryl Morey, and it was explained how we could get better and what the market value was for certain players. I told Daryl to improve the roster, sign who we needed to sign, and give me whatever is left over. Just think about that for a minute. From such a remarkable seeding of leverage, just give me what is left over. And basically, what it sounds like he's going to take, Harden, it's not just the one plus one contract that'll be a $15 million discount. But the fact that he's not going to require a four- or five-year deal. Remember, from a leverage perspective, and this is why he's anti-Kyrie, the minute that Daryl Morey gave all those things away, including Ben Simmons, uncertain talent but massive talent, to get James Harden, he was not in a position not to give Harden a long-term deal if Harden demanded it. And so Harden's not just giving up the $15 million, He's giving up the guarantee of future contracts at that level if he underperforms. All of that has me... Cells thinking that there's a chance Philadelphia can be really, really good. Uh, they brought in P.J. Tucker as part of that deal. They brought in a bunch of other, three other guys that add some depth. Joel Embiid, I think, is going to see for the first time in his career a co-star, a partner, a Robin even. I think Embiid's the Batman who's invested in winning and winning championships. This is a game changer for me. It's selfless, and it reframes... Because I think it's obnoxious that Harden forces his way out of Houston to go to Brooklyn and then forces his way out of Brooklyn to go to Philly. It's like the guy who gets divorced four times. You always assume it's his fault. But maybe he really did marry the Antichrist time four. Like the biblical, you know, like there were horns and stuff at the after the, you know what I'm saying? I don't even know. I, I can't, I've read Revelation, can't remember. But you get, my, you get my meaning. Maybe, and I think by maybe probably Harden showed up and was like, oh, my God. This is awful. This is terrible. Kyrie's the worst. Kevin Durant's an emotional mess. This team's a disaster. We're completely selfish. This is awful. I don't want to be here. And it gave him a sense and appreciation for what it is to go play and do the right thing and focus on winning because there's not a lot of time left. I- I'm saying this to you, Diesel. I think I'm team hard now. I, I actually think 
I think there's a chance he's going to have a good year and Philly's going to have a great year. Who's coming with me? Oh, can you give me this movie line? Who's coming with me? He's holding the fish. Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? He's holding a fish? Yeah. Who's coming with me? That hint does nothing for me. I have no idea. This is Jerry Maguire. How can you not know this? When he quits his job as the agent and he gets the fish, he's like, who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? And everyone's quiet. And then Renee Zegwiller stands up. Which I have seen that movie before. Anyway, are you coming with me? Are you coming with me to the land of uh I don't Sixers? even think it matters at this point. I think this has been such a good PR spin. It doesn't even matter if the but 76ers I, win. But I'm asking you, are you with me? It sounds like you're not with me. I don't think anything is going to change about his performance uh, in the playoffs. No, uh. not at all. But I don't think it matters. I'm, I'm, I'm on the bandwagon, of, though, of good for James Harden. When I, I was last season, I was like, this guy is just forcing his way from team to team, and he's the problem. It's not working. While I've changed that about my mindset, I still don't think he's going to be a playoff performer. I don't think he needs to be the star, though, for them to be successful. If he can just not be a raging fourth-quarter dumpster fire. And that's an if. I understand that's a maybe. That's a maybe. But if he can just have a couple good games, man, in a seven-game series, and let Embiid work... And let some of those other guys like, operate as a team. My biggest concern, I say, all, you know, I guess, like, I, I don't think I can believe in a Doc Rivers team. So I'm kind of between a rock and a hard place as I think about it out loud. I'm also in a real positive state. I, I went full po- I'm wearing a Galaxy's Best Dad t-shirt that has Darth Vader on it. That's, by the way, Darth Vader is a um, mythical Sith warrior who used to be a good guy. Have you actually seen Star Wars? Uh, you don't want to know the answer to that. You've never seen Star Wars. I mean, there's so many of them. It's hard to keep track of. I've seen bits and pieces, but of which movies, I have no idea. What's your favorite movie of all time? Uh, we've, we've discussed this plenty. I'd love to discuss it again. I forgot. Uh, the, <laughs> the Dark Knight trilogy. Oh, that's right. Those are your, which, which, which one's your favorite movie, though? Those three movies. Oh, The Dark Knight, the second one. The second one's your favorite, with, with uh, Heath Ledger. Yes. Did you like the Bane movie? Oh, loved it. That's that's Love number it. two in the in the in the trilogy for me. When's the last time you saw one of the the movies in the trilogy? Oh, only about maybe two weeks ago. You're kidding me? No, not at all. You watch all the time. All the time. Which character are you? <laughs> you think you're Batman, don't you? I mean, of course, doesn't everybody? I love that, yeah. Um, CJ Nikowski, he's not Batman, but he did play Major League Baseball. He's an MLB analyst, and he joins us next year on CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.